platform for an in-depth look at economic matters with leaders and decision makers. This is BizTalk. Over 12,000 athletes from 45 countries and regions are participating in the 481 events of the 19th Asian Games in Hangzhou. Well, the Asian Games are the largest games. Besides the Olympics, it's the largest among all continental multi-sport events. The Hangzhou Asian Games also helps create a massive economic opportunity for the involvement of China's sports industry. An event like the Hangzhou Asian Games gives a holistic opportunity to exploit from increasing visibility and promotion of the city and the country to developing infrastructure and facilities right through to boosting uh, tourism and other economic impact. Embracing green and sustainable principles and making sports smarter with big data, artificial intelligence and virtual reality. This is setting the trend for what future sports will have to be. From the top government down to the athletes, there is a big involvement and a big expectation to deliver an outstanding sport and event. It's not only for China and probably it's not only for Asia, it's for everyone. In general, the more participate you involved, the more significant for this country and the more economic impact. Join us this week as we dive deeper into the integration of sports and technological innovation and the opportunities that this green, digitalized and smart event brings to China's sports market. Only on BizTalk, only on CGTN. Hello and welcome to this edition of Biz Talk. I'm Zheng Jufeng in Beijing. The 19th Asian Games in China's eastern city of Hangzhou has grabbed attention from all around the world as the biggest sporting event after 2008 Beijing Olympic Games in China. The Hangzhou Games has showcased a future sports industry featured with digital economy, digital technology, sustainability and intelligence. Today, we will look beyond the arena and scoreboard and delve into the sports industry in China. Join us in the studio. We have uh, Ms. Liang Hong, Associate Professor from the School of Sports Economics and Management of Central University of Finance and Economics. Uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, Paul Dong, co-founder of EI Asia. Join us via Zoom online. We have Mark Thomas, Managing Director of S2M Consulting and Remigio Brunetti, Managing Director of Technica Group China. Thanks for joining us. First question to all of you, I mean, very briefly, why this game is significant, starting from you, Mr. Dong. Well, the Asian Games are the largest games, uh, multi-sport event in this, on this continent, which is demographically the largest in the world. And also the size of the games is, uh, besides the Olympics, it's the largest among all continental multi-sport event. Of course, it's the biggest. It involves so many athletes, participants, and also to be being watched by so many people on this continent and even some other people outside of the continent who would be paying attention to, you know, to the potential of several sports uh, that can, they can expect after the Asian Games, like uh, rugby, like cricket, you know, like e-games e and e-sports, because they all 
have a lot of expectations in this milestone Asian Games to plan for their commercial future here. Great. Yeah, good to know. We'll talk about uh, more details on that, those new uh, games added into uh, this year's event. Sure. What about you, Miss Lee? What, what do you think of the significance of this game? Uh, for me, I prefer the front to a little bit introduce about the economic impact and uh, on Hangzhou. You know, the, you know the, every city, they try to update the host, host spot events for different reasons, like yeah. the international focus, mm-hmm. or, the, or the, they can get some image raised. But for me, I think the profit, uh, uh, profit it is the financial profit, it is um, supposed on top of the list. You know, if we can explain from the economic impact from this, from this aspect, you know, the total economic of sport you want are calculated by the aggregating for the, for this, the, for the direct uh, impact, indirect impact, and the induced impact. In general, the more participated in world, the more significant for the for this country and the more economic impact. So this number is very large, it's unexpected. And the even larger, more than 1,000 than Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games. Okay. So again, the more international participate involves marks higher international significance and the higher economic impact. Okay, great. Mr. Ramidio, uh, what do you think of the significance of the game? You've been in the industry for many years and you yourself have been an athlete for many years. Um, you were also running a sports company for many years. But as I did, <coughs> other two guests, they, they said, I'd like just to emphasize that it's uh, probably the most important event uh, in the clean uh, from the COVID-19 pandemic. So this is very important. And uh, I think that all the stakeholders, they are waiting this kind of momentum. And uh, I would like to, for me, a little bit out of uh, the sports himself, but as a evidence, how important are these games uh, from the top government down to the to the athletes? Uh, there is a big involvement and a big expectation to deliver an outstanding sport and uh, events. Uh, that, that it's not only for China, but it's uh, and probably it's not only for Asia. It's for everyone uh, because uh, all the sports industry need a uh, cleaner uh, and. Uh, yeah games uh, with uh, open participation from uh, from the fans and the audience. I, they're thinking that there is a big expectation from, uh, from everyone. Yeah. And Mark, what about you? You've been in the industry for many years too. You, you earlier told me you've been in the industry for 20 years and a frequent traveler between China and the West. Uh, why this game would make any difference in China's sports industry? Almost 30 years actually, so I'm a bit of an old hack. So for me, I think uh, one of the most important things is sort of putting uh, China back on the sporting map. There's been a, a hiatus in terms of international sports events in China for the last years because of the pandemic. So it's important that I think China reestablish itself as a venue for major sports events and then reaps all the benefits that can give. So an event like the Hangzhou Asian Games gives a holistic opportunity to exploit from uh, increasing visibility and promotion of the city and the country to developing infrastructure and facilities to stimulating uh, youth sports and grassroots participation right through to the boosting uh, tourism and other economic impact but for me uh, you know with a bit of a passion and interest i'm really uh, very keen to see this as a test case to see how and a holistic approach is taken 
to embed technology right through the uh, ecosystem of the event. And I think that's really going to be an exciting thing because I believe the Hanjo Games uh, will be at the cutting edge at the forefront of that, that not only other folks in China can follow, but also globally it will be an important uh, event to, to lay the foundation on the tech side. Okay, you talk about technology. Uh, it's uh, also very impressive for us to see in the opening ceremony to see that giant digital figure coming up to, to digitally light up the torch. Uh, it's quite impressive. Uh, what other features do you think are important? Because in the industry, sports industry, finally it has to be man-to-man, people-to-people exchanges. Going back to the technology side, it's invasive through everything that we now do in sports from the, uh, the smart venues, from athlete tracking, performance analysis, you know, right through to some of the technologies we use in terms of that opening ceremony on virtual and augmented reality. Uh, and data, you know, is, is running the way we think, manage, engage with, uh, with all manner of our audience. So I think that provides a, a real opportunity to then say, well, how can that be used sort of to take the business of sports uh, forward. I mean, traditionally, we've seen sports sort of being driven by certain uh, economic factors and sort of uh, monetization opportunities, such as media rights, uh, uh, hosting rights, sponsorship, ticketing, etc., which is more the commercial, the traditional commercial model. I think this offers an opportunity to branch out in what I would say is a far more digitally focused uh, model whereby things like e-commerce, social commerce are put at the forefront. And I honestly believe this is a, a space that uh, not only the games, but China as a whole, holds a little bit of a lead on the rest of the world. So I think that can really act as a forefront to that development and offer a whole new monetized op opportunity for the sports industry. And to you, Amiso, because you're in the sports gear industry, and uh, does this uh, um, fandom, does this enthusiasm in these grand games directly translate to business opportunities or sales opportunities for your company? Uh, I think uh, it's the big benefit is for all the sport communities and, uh, and the sport fans, uh, because uh, as we as we know, over the last four years, we didn't have any kind of uh, regular season, no matter if it's summer or, uh, or winter. There would be a lot of uh, events that being cancelled, postponed. Uh, uh, I was talking with Mark before that. I mean, uh, the uh, Rolex uh, tennis uh, events in Shanghai is going to grab a lot of people because uh, I think that the fans uh, they want to get in closer to their own. Uh, Idol uh, going to smiling, as you said, is people to people in the end, and you know, because the artificial intelligence is helping us uh, to developing a lot of uh, other information and developing business. But in the end, uh, the patient to be inside of the venue, to be closest to to our athletes and our idols, is the, is the most important. For as the second and benefit, I think in that all uh, these kind of big events is going to be regenerated a certain passion, a certain positive approach uh, from all the players uh, and fan sports in order to not just play sports uh, to be an athlete or to be a professional sport player, but to enjoy the social sport, uh, the capacity of the sport to 
aggregated people, no matter which is the uh, specific uh, sport industry that we are talking about. Specifically for the Asian Games, I would like to say that we have an inline skates rollerblade. So I mean, for sure, it's going to be the, the an important an important part. But for me, it's more uh, generally. I mean, how we are able to grab in the attention to uh, to, uh, to the public uh, with important events uh, and in the next uh, two three months. Uh, and I think that this uh, is a kickoff of uh, an important season. And then we're talking about Formula One in March, April, if I remember well, in Shanghai as well. So I mean, it's uh, there is uh, a continuity of sports events uh, to keep it uh, feeding the market and feeding the defense uh, with uh, attractive events uh, where the Chinese people, they can go face to face, people to people to match in the, the events uh, and uh, have the chance to touch in uh, the, their, own, uh, their own idol. Because I think that this one is the most important part that we're missing over the last four years. Yeah. Good for you to mention that. Uh, Mr. Dong, Mr. Dong just mentioned that, that he'd like the market, the Chinese market, to continuously see big events, domestic, international events, sports events, continuing in line, you know, every month in the country to attract attention, to arouse uh, people with enthusiasm for sports. Um, the city of Chengdu just hosted the Universiate, University Games, now uh, Hangzhou, the Asian Games. Uh, Miso mentioned the Formula One in Shanghai. I don't know, other events, probably in the winter, there will be winter game, uh, different kinds of winter games are lining up together in pipeline. Do you think these public attentions can translate into sports activities for the public? I think generally speaking, when you have so many events going on here underway in China, you do have that kind of confidence, although it's still, it's still some way before reaching that target that you still need a lot of efforts to navigate from you know, what you experience when witnessing something happening on that level. I think that's what we call legacy, isn't it? Legacy planning with an event, and I think uh, uh, an event like the Hangzhou Games has a strong legacy plan. Uh, you know, I was in an evolve with uh, the London Olympics and also the Beijing Olympics, and to a greater or lesser degree, that legacy planning is all about what happens afterwards. Uh, and I think that's an important part of the strategic positioning for any major uh, international event, whether it be a, a smaller provincial event, as you mentioned just then, or a major, you know, pan-Asian or global event such as the uh, Asian Games. Yeah? Uh, yeah, absolutely agreed. And also, when it comes to the sports industry or business development, it's then up to the society. It's and up then, to the investors. Yeah, there is a natural gap between the two sides. It's up to grassroots level society to take over the responsibility. How would they you know, work together to make the transition as smooth as possible? For example, the personalities who win medals can inspire certain group of people, sure. which was not really true, not realistic over the last 30 or 40 years in China because most of the people were busy doing their own jobs, their own businesses, uh, trying to improve the country's manufacturing and other industries, trying to create better lives. But now the situation is different and people realize that they may not necessarily have so many roles to play back in the production lines which are being taken over by you know ai or other technologies and they realize they can they can do by themselves to play the real roles in sports or culture or other you know businesses and then you need to encourage them that you know you can also be 
very similar or even better than that skateboarder who, who won a middle, a middle school student who just won the medal, the gold medal in Hangzhou, and you can do the same thing. So, Miss Lee, what do you think? This is a part of the influence from the major games. You know, even you just being watch the game, you know that sometimes you are inspired by some experience of some athletes. Maybe you start to do exercise from now. And also, this kind of sport culture, you know, everybody talk about it. Like now, everybody talk about the Hangzhou Asia Games. Everywhere, every media cover everything. So this is also in part of you, you are going to influence that. So I think uh, for me, uh, I think I, it's positive. Yeah, this is positive. They will influence the people's way in a positive way. And what about you, Mark? Between raising international sports games events to the rising of commercial opportunities, if you look at most modern models of games. They, in from the moment they they conceive the uh, the event they start what's known as legacy strategy and legacy planning, which fuses everything with the games with what it's going to mean for the future, whether that be uh, you know, stimulating more sort of grassroots uh, participation and how you know, having uh, existing facilities left for the general public to use and practice and enjoy those things, uh, through to basically, you know, brands who have never maybe sponsored events before getting involved in and activating that year. So I, I'm actually on site at the Qizong Center in Shanghai, the tennis center, where we will be hosting the uh, Rolex Shanghai Masters. Uh, that event in one shape or form has been going on for 25 years. So over that time, it has stimulated a local economy in itself. Uh, if, if I go outside, I see uh, sponsors who are involved in all sorts of acti activation from setting up hospitality to entertain clients to doing public uh, uh, exhibitions to again stimulate and again lots of technology including sort of VR uh, and AR are being used there uh, but there's also you know companies that are then doing grassroots activations going out into the community and supporting the, uh, the development of participation of sports so that, that I think, comes in time with an event. So the sports economy is a complex and really important ecosystem to fit into a general economy. Um, and I think the potential in China has only just begun. I think we're still sitting uh, in China at somewhere just below 1% uh, as a contribution of the sports industry to China GDP. So if you look at the States, for example, uh, sport contributes somewhere between two and three percent. So you can imagine if we can stimulate that economy, whether it be at the elite level, uh, commercial sponsorship, participation, I think it's really important and that can develop the economy. Whether the Grand Asian Games or other games like the universities in Chengdu or the winters, uh, winter games in Beijing last year can translate into a rising sports industry. I think we are on a long-term strategy of like Mark put it, that you know, the United States 
is already the sports economy is already contributing three to a two to three percent, and China's strategy is by 2035, it can reach four percent as、oh. as much as four percent of the entire GDP, and that's a very ambitious target. But that's probably the only way to go,、uh, given the fast development of AI and technological advancement, infringing on or invading human labor in the economy. I think it, this absolutely speeds up China's agenda of pushing more people to the real world. Development of、uh, culture and sports, absolutely. And if you look at you know、uh, NBA. H the NHL and all the other American、uh, sports businesses industries in China is far from reaching that point yet, and you know outside of the Asian games or national games, and all the professional sports leagues are very very basically developed, not very、Football. far from yeah, yeah Football, you know mature you know. yes.、Yeah. And that means huge business potential. Okay, allowing those business, the sports-related economy, to develop into four or even five percent of the entire GDP, and then, you know, we we have the confidence. Okay, based on the mid to far、uh, perspective. Miss、mm. Hong, have you recently observed the rise? In sports industry investors, from my opinion, from my period, I can say you know I have been teaching more than twenty years. You know this sport management and the economy, and from the parents of the students, they begin twenty years ago. They think what's that? Well, they don't even heard about sports that. Sports management. Yeah, sports management. But now, lot of parents they are they agree with their children's choice. So more and more students they start interesting about that one. So that I think we can see this is another way we can see the sport industry is growth in China. Okay, from education way,、yeah. more young talents.、Yeah. Yes. What about Mark? Do you think uh, the uh, Chinese uh, uh, sports industry is worthy your more attention from global investors? You know, it's definitely I, I think open to investment. So I, I do think there's a responsibility for government to be the lead. To drive this back to re、uh, reestablish those major sports events,、uh, and also then stimulate the private sector because ultimately I, I believe the government and private sector working in tandem, I think is a, a positive and the best way forward. The private sector is also really important to、uh, bring creativity, bring in sponsorship partners. Uh, and ultimately, sort of really, sort of drive the industry beyond、uh, the traditional government sector, which is really important. So there's definitely opportunity. Mr. Dong,、um, we know that esports is newly added into the official competition in this year's Asian Games in Hangzhou.、Uh, there are some a、uh, number of other uh, games like uh, uh, breaking, you know, those boys dancing on the hard ground, kabaddi, dragon boating. I think these reflects. The changing trends of、uh, Asian sports culture and also people, especially young people's interest. Esports, I think、uh, it took some、uh, some some nerve-wracking、uh, waiting for for China to give it a final nod to esports or e-gaming.、Yeah. And kabaddi had been around for a while. Yeah. And、uh, and and also, yeah, I, as I mentioned, rugby,、uh, rugby seven. 
and rugby union will be watching it. Mark, do you think uh, people in the sports industry need to pay attention more to the internet, to live streaming, to whatever young people are paying attention to? And one of the interesting things that we've seen uh, over the last you know, decade or two is the emergence of how important data is in that question. Mm. So understanding the data uh, of not only your consumer, but also uh, as a sports manager, what is happening so you can make better decisions. We have got to a much more nuanced understanding of what we are doing as a business. Um, and when it comes to you know attracting fans and young people, that data, if we can collate enough of it, gives us very clear information to what people like. And when we find out what people like, we then can deliver that to them in a best boat nature that fulfills their their market demand. And I think that's really, really important. So I'm, I'm a massive, massive fan of what technology, what data uh, is going to give to the sports business going forward. And I, I honestly believe that will ultimately give us all individually a far greater experience and enjoyment in sport, which will hopefully stimulate that economy even further. My final question, um, ladies and gentlemen, would be the sustainability, the green development of sports. We saw that on the uh, Hangzhou uh, Asian Games opening ceremony, there are a lot of gestures about sustainability, about green development, they even have uh, digital fireworks at the opening ceremony and to try to achieve this zero carbon emission of the games, uh, the, the, the torch relay and everything uh, to keep with the, the games environmental friendly commitments. I think events and the whole model of international events going forward has to look very carefully at the way they do. And I think, you know, the IOC and other sort of rights holders are now sort of coming to, you know, this question, what is our future? Do we have to go to new countries and new events all the time? Can we use far more existing facility? Can we reduce our impact on logistics? Do so many people have to go? All those sort of things I think our industry are grappling with. Uh, and I think we have to look at it very seriously in terms of what is going to be the new strategy for the future. What about MISO? I think that the industry has already reached a, kind of high level of uh, uh, low impact uh, in terms of uh, especially carbon uh, CO2. This is definitely, it's, uh, it's already a good, uh, good uh, result. I'm quite confident that uh, the, and I hope uh, that in the future, uh, the most of the biggest events that are going to be uh, considered uh, facilities already existing. And uh, the other part is how to reconvert it, uh, to uh, these facilities uh, to the public uh, activities uh, after the game uh, are over. Thank you so much for your insights. Now, the 100 Asian Games not only serve as an event for showcasing unity and friendship among Asian nations, it also represents the future of sports industry, of innovation, technology, creativity and sustainability. The Asian Games will help Chinese sports industry evolve and upgrade. We'd like to thank again to our guest in the studio and also online. With that, we come to this end of uh, Biz Talk. I'm Jun Jun Fun. See you next time.